Hey everyone, yes, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? I'm well. I'm well, Jason. You look uh, you look great. You look rested, um, ready to dispense with a phenomenal amount of wealth and value on the show. And we have some questions to go through. And... Uh, I think as as people will see in these questions, it's proof that this is phenomenally good advice because almost every one of them praise us extensively, which is really a requirement to get on the show. Um, but uh, it helps. It helps. Yeah, it does. It does help. So, yeah, I know. I know you don't need it when you're the number one Google Ads manager in the world. Why do you need praise? Right. Yeah, never hurts though. So Chris, yeah, we got some interesting questions. People changing around their bids. People having problems with high cost per click industries. Mm. People thinking about those other search terms that they can no longer see and wondering what they can do about it. So a lot of interesting things we're going to be looking at here today. And uh, if you have a question, paidsearchpodcast.com. Go to the contact page and uh, send in your question. And then when we do one of these Q&A episodes every few weeks, we will try to answer it. And at the very top of the show, we're even going to get into um, probably you know, a pretty heated topic. We're going to talk about manual bid versus automated bid, which is really, nowadays, it's on the top of everybody's mind. Uh, you can't run a campaign on Google Ads nowadays without a notification or recommendation popping up somewhere saying, hey, don't don't you want to try automated or don't you want to try this or, or that? So we're going to talk about that, which is really important stuff. But first, I want to remind our listeners that if you are not using Optio, you're missing out on an amazing tool that can help you get more done in Google Ads. There's a there's always a disconnect between the data that you're getting in Google Ads and either your understanding of what that data means or even your way of communicating that data to your boss or to your client. And that's really important. And Optio does both of those things. The way that it communicates data from Google Ads to you is that it provides you with a dashboard of results that you can see and respond to and make changes in this dashboard. Wonderful. Speeds things up phenomenally. And then number two, it helps you to communicate that with a wonderful reporting system, or even just taking a screenshot of what you see and showing that, because this is an interface that goes beyond what you just see in Google Ads. So it's a whole other layer of data that's redistributed and reorganized in ways that can really help you see things in a new light. You can try this tool for eight weeks for free. That's two months for free at optio.com slash PSP2. Use the link in the description and try it out for free. That's exclusively right here. Nobody else gets that long of a free trial, but you can if you use that link. Let them know you heard about it on the Paid Search Podcast and you can enjoy that special offer. Jason. Thanks, Chris. Um, our first question comes from Ben from Slovakia, originally from the UK and Chris, I think you wanted to read this one. Yeah. Um, and it's a re- very interesting question and something we've heard from a lot of people. Yeah. Ben's written in several times. We've done several of Ben's questions. So I know he's a longtime listener of the show. Thank you, Ben, for your great questions. And he sent this to us a while ago. 
And basically, Ben's dealing with a situation that many of our listeners are going to have to deal with or maybe have already dealt with. He has a great campaign. Okay, He's got a small campaign that's been running well for 45 days. It's a lead gen campaign, and he's been running it on manual CPC using ad group level bids. Right? So far, it sounds like Ben is drinking the Kool-Aid. He listens to the show. Sounds solid. Sounds really good. Now, he decided to make a move to maximize conversions bidding. So, why? in other words, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, why? You're right. Well, why? you know, he popped the pop-ups. It's, it's that, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. It's that, you know, that's what I think Ben's a victim of. You know, the, the, the recommendations now, pop he's, up everywhere. He's mentioning that they're seeing the limited by budget war- warning a lot. <laughs> you know what I started doing? Yeah. I started minimizing that column as small as possible <sighs> because yeah. it, it, it has helped downplay that kind of emotional effect because it even works on me. I'm always thinking like, oh, should I raise my budget? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, that's... That, you know, wouldn't it be great? I mean, that's if, the best you can do. I mean, you can't do anything more than that. You can't wouldn't it be great if you could actually, like, if it wasn't a locked column, you could actually just remove that column? That would be. Oh yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> can't do that. Okay, so he made the move to an automated bidding system, specifically the maximized conversions, and mm-hmm. he did not set a target CPA. He just went with maximized conversions, which I've talked about this many times, um, and I do the same thing. I, I've done it many times for clients that fit a qualification and and just for clarification of what i mean i i tend to do this with clients that have been running well for a while uh typically months several months uh you know three four five six months maybe and have a consistent flow of conversions and i'm happy with the performance and i tend to do experiments okay so uh to be clear uh that's i wanted to give my 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 full thoughts on that but let's jump back to ben only two days in, and conversions are going well, slightly more than previous, uh, with a comparable time period on manual CPC. So he's already seen great results. Sounds good. And here comes, here it comes. The big but comes stomping in. But the CPC has gone crazy. The cost per conversion is also up from my previous ten dollars to thirteen fifty now. And I think after a full week of running, it's going to be a lot higher. Some of the CPCs are 10 when previously I was getting good search impression and clicks for three. <laughs> so that's, that's like over a three times increase. Now that's pretty crazy. Which I don't think matters at all, but if you get more conversions but and a higher conversion rate. But he's saying his cost per conversion is going from 10 to 14, basically. Right, right. Up 40%. And he says that. He says, I know CPC isn't a great metric to focus on, but I was surprised to see it get so high, especially for a small location, small geo, ad group and keyword and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So here's this question. Is this to be expected with maximized conversions? Should I add a target CPA or just let it run a full week or 14 days and then compare data Maybe this just happens with max conversions. I've never really strayed away from manual CPC before. So Jason, put aside your bias on automated. I know you are are fully adamant about manual. I know you've sent, I believe you no, sampled. I'm, I mix it up. I okay. mix it up now. Okay. But okay. Um, I'm just not a cheerleader. You know, I just, right. manual is nice to start with. So what do you think? 
What do you think about Ben's situation? Thoughts on his experience? Is that typical? Is it not typical? Well, that's the hard part about automated bidding is once you do it, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. it's yeah. it's uh, up to the system. I'd say the the thing that jumps out at me is that he's looking at a max conversion strategy, now possibly a target CPA strategy. The thing that I kind of am thinking about is that it the amount of clicks he has per day, he mentioned... Um, what are you saying there? Seven to 10 clicks per day. I don't know if that's enough conversions to run an automated strategy based on conversions. Yeah. Um, the one thing I keep hearing from people who want us to do a conversion, a conversion bidding is that you want a ton of conversions. And I've even had people tell me, oh, you should run a conversion strategy of a portfolio automated bidding across multiple campaigns so you can make use of more conversion data. So I think it, he might be running into a small amount of conversions because I mean if you do if you do eight clicks a day times 30 days 240 and you do that times a 10% conversion rate that's only 24 conversions a month possibly it's not enough good data to feed the system um, also he's talking about the high cost per click so if you wanted to try automated possibly a click strategy with a maximum cost per click bid limit might be something he wanted might want to try um, but yeah, that's a crazy thing that happens with automated is with manual, you've got your keyword set up, your ad group set up. And if you have a loose phrase match keyword or a short phrase match keyword, you can bid it a certain way. But as soon as you hand that over to the system, it can draw stuff out of your keyword list that you wouldn't expect. And then all of a sudden things are a lot different than you previously were running. So that's kind of my thoughts. What are you thinking, Chris? So here's, here's the way I see it. First of all, I totally agree with what you're saying. I feel, and we don't know Ben's numbers, but I do feel that you need to have a solid number of conversions trending on, you know, like, uh, you know, 30, uh, 30 a month feels, you know, feels okay. You know, um, feels I, like the absolute minimum. Yeah. You know, I me. need, I mean, I, I need, some I, people do this with hundreds of conversions a month. Right. I mean, it needs to have significant data. So I feel like if you have 15, you know, 10, certainly, you know, anything less than 10, I mean, it is completely outright. I mean, don't, don't do that. So I, I agree with you there. Um, second, as I hinted at at the beginning, I do experiments. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Jason, feel free to, to jump in and give a plug, but I just, I just have to, I have to say, if you want to see exactly how I do experiments, I have a Patreon. You can visually see me build an experiment and show that kind of stuff in my uh, video Patreon. And Jason as well. No, I don't need a plug. I've had a great month okay. here on, <laughs> on the 18th so far. That's, so. that's the best plug. You can, I'm so successful. I don't even need to tell you what I do. You'll just find me. That Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> experiments. Okay, so these experiments are a way to to do some testing without without the regret that we kind of hear in Ben's voice in this, right? You can turn it on and only do 50%, 30%, and then if it doesn't work, you turn it off and your original manual campaign is, there's, no, there, there's nothing lost there. It's still exactly the way it was. Um, so I would prefer that. So... Let's let's now get to is this what you can expect 
with maximized conversions or target CPA? And honestly, I say yes. This is what what Ben has described as essentially what I find is very true. And let me illustrate kind of what's happening in the background. It's the best way that I can can explain it. If you're doing manual, imagine a graph, right? And this graph is kind of like a bell curve, but it's even more narrow and crunched in. The CPCs that you get range from here to here, you know, very short distance. And there's not really, really high CPCs. There are, there's a definite minimum and there's a definite maximum. And those stay very well within the boundaries when you do manual, right? Because there's mm-hmm. solid minimum and maximum that you have set. Well, you haven't set a minimum, but you've set a maximum. When you turn on maximized conversions or any any automated without any kind of CPC ceiling, what I find happens is that bell curve scatters and you will have clicks that are three, four, five times higher than what you had before. You, you know, if you're if you're seeing uh, $10 CPCs, you might see $40, $50 clicks. Um, because they might think that person is the perfect candidate, that individual user to become a conversion. Exactly. They're going to look at audience and, and search history and individual demographics and things like that. And they're going to say, I want this click now. And they are going to bid on it crazy. And then you'll see a scattering of really, really cheap clicks. You're like, oh my gosh, there's a there's a 50 cent click right there. How can I get more of that? You will see a scattering of these numbers and it gets, it's so crazy. You know, you, you can't replicate that with manual because you don't know what those triggers are. You don't know what's happening in the back end that allows you to get such cheap clicks and then what would cause super expensive clicks. So what you're seeing here, the in, the overall rise of the CPC, I think is very common. Um, if you were to look at your search terms and isolate individual clicks, you would probably see some crazy high CPCs in there and some crazy lows. And that's just the way it goes. So I don't think this is any kind of adverse reaction. This is very typical. Whether it works or not, that's where it's always different. I never know if it's going to work or not. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. It always kind of depends, but that's, that is absolutely my experience. What's funny is when people move over to automated bids, they focus on their bids more than they did previously. Yeah, and it's, it's out of your control. <laughs> so focus yeah. on your landing page, focus on your ad copy, your yeah. extensions, yeah, your business and uh, utilize or get the benefit of the system doing the bids for you and don't spend your time on it. If yeah. you're going to do that. It's like, and Jason, you can relate to this. It's like before you have a kid or before you get married, you're like, yeah, I'll go ahead and get have a kid and get married or something like that. And then as soon as you do, you can only focus about that free time that you lost. You weren't thinking about your free time before, but now since you don't have it anymore or you have some kind of loss of control, now you're like, you're thinking about every moment when you have that free time. It's the same thing here. I think that's very well said. I think that <laughs> as soon as you don't have control over your bids, you're like watching them like a hawk. Yeah, that's interesting. So we have a message now, a question from Sarah from Denmark. Um, Sarah says, hello, Jason and Chris. Big fan of your podcast. Have listened to almost all of your episodes. Have made it a lot easier for me to learn the world of Google Ads. Thanks. Here is my question about keywords and match types. When I choose my keywords, I often have a phrase and exact match. Uh, Let's focus on something like car insurance. Uh, The client is interested in being found on all the relevant searches for this topic in Denmark, car insurance. Of course, I block out competitor keywords also. My thought is, 
Should I settle with the car insurance in phrase and exact match and not tap into longer tail keywords? I can see the search terms that the short keywords with phrase pick up, uh, that they pick up other relevant terms. The short tail phrase is often higher volume than the longer tail. So can I settle with this approach or do I need to pause the short tail and then add in the longer tail search terms I'm seeing as keywords to give them a chance to perform? So Chris, couple questions mixed in there say you're advertising for car insurance with a keyword like car insurance phrase match you're getting a ton of volume because uh, you're open to being shown on so many searches but then you see some really good search terms come in that are longer tail do you need to add those as their own keywords do you need to replace your short phrase match keywords eventually with just long tail stuff or do some people and is this an acceptable strategy to run just short keywords like car insurance phrase match and control the bid and, and benefit from all the volume and just bid whatever you need to bid to make the cost per conversion make sense and not focus too much on search terms. Interesting question. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great question. And um, my so I want to just answer it and then I'll expand on it from there. But my thought is leave the long tail keyword stuff alone. Like if, if we're talking about starting or maybe you're already in it, you know, and, and, and you're well, trying to decide. Long, long tails. Is that car insurance in Denmark or is that the cheapest car insurance near me? Right. Stuff right. like that. Yeah. Long tail is going to be something that's, uh, I think we defined it a couple episodes ago, like three words or more, you know, or let's say more or than four three words. words. Yeah. yeah four more words than three, more. more than three words. So more than three words gonna, is going to get into long tail. And when you start trying to have, you know, the word cheapest plus a geographic reference plus, you know, some special type or desire or emotion or something like that. And that becomes a four, five, six word kind of phrase. Yeah, that's long tail. And I suggest you avoid that. So simple as that. I, I, even though it's expensive, I do not like to chase long tail, certainly from the beginning. Now, I mean, it's a pretty complex question, but to package it all up, essentially, this is where I move. Phase one, I start with short, simple phrase match types of stuff, and I let that gather data. I get search terms in there. I see the search terms. I'll, I'll react to blocking some of them. Absolutely what Sarah said, blocking competitors and blocking irrelevant searches that absolutely is important. Once I've moved past that point, I've gathered some data, then I'm going to have to make some decisions. There's going to be some better qualified searches. There's going to be some search terms that absolutely shine. They're going to, wow, this is a great search term. Look at this, look at this, look at this. I didn't think about this, this, or this. You're going to want to isolate some of those. And if you're doing automated, there's some ways to do it, but the preferred way is manual bids where you essentially take those searches and bring those in, add those as keywords and pull down the bids on the, what is now what Sarah's calling short tail, you know, shorter two word phrases, pull those down. So the spin goes down and push up on the longer tail stuff. Or as we defined in previous episodes, what I call full context keywords, you know, keywords that give a full, a full picture. So that is uh that's my whole process. Jason, how do you approach it? Well, basically the same way. I'm, I'm These days, I'm much more open to sh starting with shorter tail keywords. 
um, to get some volume going and see what happens. I think a couple of nuanced things to look for. One is different short tail keywords perform differently. So if you have one short tail keyword in there like car insurance and it's not bringing in search terms that you like or you can't add negative keywords fast enough to control the quality, you can pause that keyword and then throw in something like car insurance agents or car insurance Denmark and and see what happens with those kind of short tail keywords. So just because one short tail keyword doesn't work doesn't mean you have to give up on that initial strategy. And then if you're coming at this from the a different perspective where you have a bunch of long tail keywords and you're pretty locked down and you're wondering what would happen if I threw in car insurance phrase match, that would be a good time to run an experiment in your experiment draft campaign. You can have only the word uh, keyword car insurance phrase match. Mm. You can set maybe 10, 15, 20% of the budget to go that experiment and find out what in a very controlled way what you're missing out on and kind of get that out of your system if you need to go back in the other direction. Yeah. I I mean, again, a, a mention of the experiments, which is, I think, a, a great idea there. So I, I, I totally agree. My new outlook on short tail keywords versus long tail is given how open everything can be sometimes and given how different every single campaign is industry to industry, keyword to keyword, I think my big change in the recent months has been that there's there's more of a place now for me for short tail keywords. And I'm much more yeah. uh, likely to use those and use those quickly early in a campaign to get things going. And so I think that's where I'm at with the short tail versus long tail right now. Okay. Well, we have another question. This one comes all the way from Ireland, uh, from Owen. Owen from Ireland. He says, hi, guys. Greetings from tropical Ireland. Did you? Of course you know this, Jason, but this is, yeah. a, this is a surprise to me. Is he joking or is Ireland really tropical? Um, are you joking? Oh, uh, crap. No. Let me just let me just do uh, weather in Belfast. See what's going on today. So five of their next eight days are cloudy, and three of them are rainy. The ones where the sun shows is partly cloudy, and it's uh, in the in the fifties. So uh, okay, okay. I think you. I think you was joking. All right. Yeah. All right. I think we figured that out. All right. Thanks, Owen. Mm. That. So, hey, Chris, you, you guys let, are here let's for play my... a little. Let's play a little oh, game. Oh no! Here. Oh no! Is Ireland in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere? Okay, that one's that's northern. That's easy, northern. Okay, and uh, let me just look it up on a map. We'll play a little game here. Oh, this is countries countries that touch Ireland. Okay. Okay. Because you know it's part of the UK, I think, and all that touch. Well, yeah, continuous. Yeah. So okay. Is there a body of water between France and Ireland? Yes. Is there a body of water between London and Ireland? Well, there's isn't there like a little land bridge or something up on the top north that connects the UK and Ireland? So is there a body? That's a trick. That seems like a trick question. Yes, there's a body of water. But that, there's is that also how you coped during school. You would just make accusations. <laughs> my, accusations yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. Questions. I didn't like. Uh, 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 is there multiple. a body of water between yes. London and yes. Ireland? Yes, you have. If you okay, want to go straight answer. there, then you answer, have to go yeah, on a boat. The question. Yeah. yeah, good answer. There is. It's not. There's nothing. I know. 
I run campaigns over there. Okay, I've never been, but I run campaigns. So, yeah. What's closer to the equator, Ireland or Romania? Romania. Good answer. What's what's closer to the equator, Ireland or Austria? What? Austria is right next to Austria. It's right next to Germany, which is Chris. Why do you doubt yourself? You you're just you are knocking it out of the park okay. today on your geography quiz. Oh boy. Okay. So good job. Good thing people are here from the Google Ads tips, because um, they don't get it. They don't get the world geography for me. Okay, so. We'll move on from Tropical Island. Thank you for the joke. You're the one that brought it up. I know. I just had to know. You know, okay. I'm talking with private school taught Jason Rothman. Pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to Owen. Love the show. I have learned a lot from the nuggets of knowledge you both share every week. I apply the info into my campaigns and genuinely see results. Now, assuming my compliment is of reasonably acceptable standard, I hope you can answer my question for me, please. Yes, it has. Let's let's move forward. I've got a mixed bag of keyword types in my ad groups, but my question to you is this. Is it okay to have the same keyword in the same ad group, but in different keyword match types? Broad, phrase, exact. So let's say he has the same keyword, and it's in broad, phrase, and exact You know, for, for the purpose of this discussion. How does the presence of the different match types in the same ad group affect bidding, et cetera, if at all. So I don't I don't think phrase and exact affects things hardly at all. I, I have phrase and exact keywords that are the same word in ad groups all the time. Broad versions of keywords are now I keep them in different campaigns so I can control the budget on them. So I'd say that's a big one. Um, and the only other kind of exception I would make is if you have a short tail phrase match keyword like car insurance, it might eat up so much volume and bring in so much stuff in terms of the search terms. I could see the argument for having that in its own ad group if you don't have a ton of keywords and having car insurance exact match in its own exact match ad group and then adding exact match car insurance as an ad group negative keyword to the phrase match ad group. Um, just if you run into some super high volume short short tail phrase match keyword, but uh, that would be very rare for me. And most often I'd still have phrase and exact in the same ad group. I think a lot of people, Chris ask, well, how do you know if you're going to, if someone does that search, if the phrase match keyword or the exact match keyword will get triggered to, to run and will they compete with each other? And are you causing your bid to go up? So if you can speak to that. Yeah. Um, okay. So first I think you were right on point to hit on the broad as the first thing. So I agree. I do not run broad phrase and exact in the same ad group. I absolutely pull broad out. I don't Mm -hmm. run broad in the same one. And, you know, they say, well, you do that because of bidding or you do that because of quality score. No, I do that because there's no relevancy between a broad keyword and the ad copy that I have for my phrase and exact keywords, right? There's not some kind of like secret formula. It's just, if I have a broad keyword, I can't be sure that they're going to need to see commercial tree trimming, right? Which is, this is, you know, they do tree trimming, but 
this is a commercial tree trimming. And if I put just broad match commercial tree trimming in there, it could get clicks for just tree trimming or, you know, other things. And I, I do not want to show ads that say commercial tree trimming on a broad keyword because I can't be sure that it's truly commercial. So that is my reasoning. It all has to do with ad, ad copy because I need to make sure that I'm showing the right ad to the right person and broad match does not specify that. So that's, that's it. There's no like secret kind of thing. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't feel that we're uh, competing. So let's get into the competing thing. When it comes to competing, Google's only, only going to choose one keyword in that ad group to show. Really, it's only going to choose one, one keyword. One per account, I think. Yeah. That, and yeah, and you go further. I'm talking about one ad group, but yes, that's also true. Per auction, there's only going to be one click, one impression for that one auction, and it's going to come from that one account. One keyword in one account is, I think, how how it works where... They look at all your keywords, and even if you have the same keyword across different campaigns or different ad groups or this match type, they're going to look at all your keywords in your account and say, what's the best ad rank keyword that you can put to auction and compete against other accounts? That's my understanding of it. Yeah. You can imagine the way you see your keywords and all the possibilities, whatever's getting the most clicks, that has no difference to Google. What they see is they see a keywords with numbers attached and those numbers are in rank they are based on ad rank and whichever one is at the top for that specific auction that specific search that's the one they pick so i don't think that there's any issue with having the same keyword in the same ad group it's a whole you know go back and listen to our cannibalization discussion if you want to hear about across campaigns and stuff like that but in the same ad group i don't have a problem in fact i do that all the time myself I definitely think that there's reasons to do that because I might want to bid a little bit higher or I might want to get a better search impression share on one exact match versus a phrase, which is there to kind of pick up other variations. So the phrase might get a few more close variants. The phrase might do a little bit of uh, word rearranging or synonyms, but Meanwhile, I can bid twice as much on the exact match because I know it's going to be a lot more precise in the way that it's targeting. So that's my, that I have, I have no problem with it. I hope that kind of explains. And how, how's this for a good way to think about it, Chris? Forget that they're the same word. It's just one keyword mm. and then another keyword and yep. then another keyword that has different words and then another keyword that has different words and just look at them in their own performance. It doesn't matter that they're the exact same words inside of the keyword they're different keywords a phrase match keyword is, is different, different yeah. than an exact match keyword even if the wording inside of the uh quotations or brackets happens to be the same they should just be looked at as as different keywords just like the way you look at all different keywords yeah well said yep totally agree okay so and- chris let's yeah go ahead I, I just want to dance with you, so oh, yeah, I'm ready no. to have our break. You got anything yeah, else? Or no, we, I got nothing. We, I got, we got some. We stay a bit, guys. We have two more solid questions coming up right after the dance break.
Get more done with optio.com slash PSP2. Get an eight-week free trial with this amazing online software designed exclusively for people who care about getting more out of their Google Ads. You care about your time and you care about the performance of your money in Google Ads. Those are your two biggest goals and Optio handles both of those. You want to get uh, more done in the morning whenever you're checking your search terms, whenever you're checking your ad copy, looking at your bids, looking at your search impression share. These metrics are very important and you don't have time to check it every day, all the time, but there's a software that can help demonstrate areas of red flags to look at. Optio.com is the place to go. Use the link in the description. Ask for an eight-week free trial because you heard about it from the number one and number two Google Ads managers in the world. Okay, Chris, uh, we have a question from Peg, our number one listener. Uh, gentlemen, Q&A question. How can I review, uh, reduce the damage of, quote, other search terms? The only thing I can think of is to reduce the budget so the system pushes less spend to it. I have a high budget on this campaign because traffic spikes and drops a lot. So she's saying she's got a big daily budget in place, even though she may not expect to spend that daily budget uh, day to day. And I think she's thinking that because she has a high daily budget in place, she might be nudging the system to show her on a bunch of other search terms. Don't know if I agree with that because there's no way to know that, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but continuing the question, I do continually add negative keywords to train the algorithm. I like, uh, that's an interesting way to think about it. Mm. I hope that uh, <laughs> it kind of works like that. I'm not, I'm yeah. just, I haven't heard that before. So that'd be, I wonder if it, if there's something to that. You guys are amazing. Love your podcast. Thanks. Thanks so much, Peg. So Chris, um, I don't know, a year ago or so, we, we lost the ability to see a bunch of um, search terms. I think for a while we were missing like 40% to 50% of them on a lot of campaigns. 30 to 50% was the average. Uh, seeing 50 to uh, 70% of your search terms. I think recently a lot of people have been saying, oh, the ratio is higher uh, mm -hmm. that you're able to see now. I, I don't know if I've really seen that, yeah. but you go to your search terms, they have this other search terms total at the bottom. Chris, are you looking at that these days? Do you think about it at all, or do you just live with what we've got here? I, I think I know what your answer is going to be just based on those uh, suggested multiple choice. And mm -hmm. the fact is, it hurts. You know, it's it's like a you know I I miss the leg that was cut off a year ago, mm -hmm. but at this point, I've trained my body to walk on just one leg. And this one leg's a lot stronger. I appreciate the one leg I have now so much more. And I do miss my left leg, but my right leg gets me where I need to go. I don't think about ways that I can pretend like I still have a left leg, you know? And that's the way I think about other search terms. And to be clear, for those of you that may be confused about other search terms, what Peg's talking about, if you go to your search terms report, scroll down to the very bottom, you'll see a section on the bottom left that says other search terms. And it'll have a number of, of impressions and clicks and a cost and conversions, stuff like that. Those are those mysterious left legs that have been cut out. You mm -hmm. can't see them. You, you can't exclude them. You can't add them. You, they're just gone. They're gone. You know that they were there. You can see that they're spending money, but they're gone. Um, a decision from, from Google. 
And in the end, I, I don't I don't fret about it anymore. I miss it all the time, but there's nothing I can do. And the only thing I'll say beyond this is any kind of guessing that you have about whether it goes up or down, I manage a lot of different industries and I can tell you it varies a lot by industry. Yeah. The deeper you go into health and legal and medical and insurance and anything personal, it gets deeper. Those percentages go higher is what I find. Uh, so I don't think there's anybody that can say, hey, I only have 20% other search impression shares and other people are like, well, I have 60%. It's it's typically the industry that makes such a big difference. Yeah. And um, I'm just looking at a random account right now and I'm seeing 65% of the yeah. clicks. I'm <laughs> able to see the search terms on it. Oh. I mean, it's two thirds. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, only other thing I can add is, uh, or two things. One, I do agree with you. It does, it does vary, uh, industry to, by industry and account by account a lot. And if you add the conversion column to your search terms report and you have the cost column there, you can see how much, how many clicks, how much spend, how many conversions you're getting from the other search terms. And Something that's interesting is they don't give you the cost per conversion and conversion rate data on other search terms yeah. or impressions or click-through rate because you don't have impressions or average CPC, but they give you the cost and they give you the clicks from other search terms So and they give you the conversion. So because of that, you can compute your cost per conversion and conversion rate and average CPC manually and kind of compare it to your total search terms. That said... There's not much I don't think you can do about it. So just like you, Chris, um, it was weird at the time when they did that. I was like, okay, you know, this kind of stinks, but there's nothing you can do. So I, I don't think. So I think the most rational thing is just to forget about it and just manage the data that you are able to access, I think. That's the approach I've taken. One thing that they have changed, and I it's kind of interesting, they've added a whole bunch more zero click one impression or two impression types of traffic in there. So you can see a whole bunch of stuff that didn't get clicks, but had a whole yeah, bunch so of maybe, impressions. So maybe that's what people are talking about. Yeah. So one thing that's been really interesting is that when I go through that data, um, I now see people doing searches that I would never want, but they don't click on my ad. It's almost like they, they're like, they see my ad and it's very obvious. You don't that it's know not if they relevant. click on your ad or not. I do because no, it's, you don't because forty percent of your traffic you can't see search terms on. Okay. My point is, yeah, you can still use that data to add negative keywords. Yes, because you don't know if you could get clicks from it at any time or if you have been getting That's clicks true. from it. I may have. Yeah, you're right. But it seems like it's really interesting to see consumer activity when I look at those zero impression uh, search terms. Largely, those are some of my junkiest ones, and they don't click on my ads, which is I don't know. That's just kind of, that just kind of helped reinforce the you know humanity in my mind, where I'm like, oh look at these horrible searches that I would never want. Thank goodness these people did not click on my ad because they read the headline and they're like, oh that's not what I want, you know. And I can go through and block them, which is Chris. I have I have branded myself to embrace one of my shortcomings as the world's worst negotiator. What? Really? 
The other day, I was I'm looking for some office space, and I talked to the potential landlord, and he was like, uh, "Well, you just told me you don't like this other place you looked at, uh, and you're looking at my place. What are they charging you?" And I told him, and then I told him, <laughs> I told him, but honestly, I like your place a lot better. I want to get to a deal. I want to have an office there, so I'm just looking for that range. I'm not really sensitive. On this. I'm the world's worst negotiator. <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> <laughs> the worst negotiator. And so my point is I'm around a lot of skeptical people, way more skeptical than me. And they would point out that just because you're not seeing clicks on these one impressions, it doesn't mean that weird thing that makes up that search term that you don't like about the search term isn't showing up in other searches that are you are getting clicks from, from other search terms. So my point is they're going to give it to us. Let's take it. If they're giving us more search terms now, impressions, even if they're not a bunch of clicks on those, use those to just mine for negative keywords. And you kind of have to train yourself to think that way because you're looking at data that says, okay, bad part of a search term I don't like, but oh, it's not a big deal. It's one impression and zero clicks. I'm not going to take the time to do it. No, you should now because we don't know what we're getting from that other group of uh, search terms. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Okay, so last we have a question from Chanky. Well, this is actually a comment that was posted on one of our social sites, so it wasn't truly a question. So it's not man. Somebody's got some issues that we don't need to get into on the uh, paid search podcast where we keep it PG. But wow, <laughs> referring to the biggest social media company, Facebook, ever, where we're not on too many uh, places where you can leave us comments. Twitter and Facebook. We don't look at Twitter. We don't know how to log into Instagram because we lost our password. The last <laughs> thing we have is Facebook, but I guess this guy calls it a social media company. So yeah. thanks for your your question <laughs> there, Cheeky, on uh, our social media company where we we post and have a community. I don't, yeah, I don't put a whole lot of. Uh, I guess, wow, I couldn't put, even say the word. Okay, yeah. moving on, moving it's on. Meta now, actually, I think it's called Meta. I guess um, you can say the word when you're making fun of them for doing something. Yeah, you might think it's kind of yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Wear your goggles, Chris. Uh-uh. Wouldn't we have a better experience if it we would. didn't look at each other and we just looked at cartoons of each other and had our goggles on? What I want to know is if I'm in meta, can I make myself taller than you? Like, can you adjust your height? Because I totally yes, want to look you down. You can. Oh, you can. And that's what's so cool about it. But if I pay, can I be taller than you? That's what I want Probably, to know. Probably, yeah. I that's where so. it's going, yeah. That's what, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was Denmark or Finland, but some country like that put out a spoof video with a guy that looks like that guy. And they were like, <laughs> Come to Denmark where the water is wet and wearing goggles in public is silly. <laughs> they were spoofing them. The real world, Chris. I like uh, it. I like it. Anyway, but yeah, so we were on this social media company. Yeah. And uh, go ahead and go to the question, Chris. He says, breaking into a niche industry that has extremely high average CPC. Okay. So these, he, he's essentially asking. <laughs> oh, Chris, we are, we are out of time. And uh, we don't answer tough <laughs> it's questions. A tough, it's, wow, yeah, it's a it's, tough one, isn't that's it? That's a yeah. tough, that's a really high tough, yeah, we, we we are out of time, technically. Uh, Jason's headache has reached peak, I think. I'm He's, okay. I'm yeah, okay. But, uh, but yeah, it, let, let's answer it, let's answer it. This, so when you're breaking into an industry that's extremely difficult, has a very high CPC, I mean, I could high name, CPC, yeah. I, I, I could name a bunch of them. Jason, what, if you have, Either one or two tips. What are your top one or two tips for, for something like that? Try broad keywords. You might be surprised. Mm, preach it. 
quality might look awful, but you might get conversions and that might be a way for you to break in. That's what we're trying to do here. Um, and then Paul had a comment on the social media company to this question where he said, what about lead gen where it's difficult to demonstrate direct conversions and sales or immediate conversions and sales? Um, I would say you talk to your client and tell them like, look, or tell them, look, people are bidding a bunch on this industry because you make a bunch when you get a good uh, lead. And so run the numbers. That's another tip. Run the numbers. How many conversions does it take to get a, a new customer for you? What's that customer lifetime value? Compare that to how many clicks it takes to get a lead and the cost per click. And if other people are doing it, it's probably affordable. You're just not doing the, it the right way or you're not willing to try. And then uh, one more, Chris, daily budget can be a very tricky thing. If your daily budget, because you have a small monthly budget, is too small compared to the average high cost per click in your industry, say your cost per click is 50 in the industry and your daily budget comes out to 30 mm. or 40 or even 50, you can get it just kind of, to me, it just trips up the system and things don't run smooth. So maybe you run fewer days of the month with a bigger budget yeah. um, and see what happens, a bigger daily budget. So those would be my quick tips. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with all those. Uh, only one thing I would say uh, to, to add to it, my number one tip is patience. If we are running a campaign where we have a, let's say a moderate budget, maybe we're running 2000 a month, you know, so we have like $67, $66 a day to work with, but the CPC is, you know, 50, you're going to get about a click a day. So you have to be patient with campaigns like this. If you're not willing to put money in so that you can get a whole bunch of clicks per day, you have to consider that the movement of this campaign is fractional. It is tiny compared to a campaign that would be getting clicks for a dollar, two dollars, three dollars and has two grand to work with. So your two grand gets you a step or two a day. Two grand for a, you know, lawn care service, you know, might move, you know, a whole mile a day. So patience is the number one thing here because you're going to learn lessons very slow. You're going to see trends very slow. So this is not a one month and let's see how it works. This is more like a, let's see how it works for a year and come back. Yeah, Chris, uh, patience can give you a tremendous edge in the investing and value investing world, which we'll talk about in a second when we do our plugs, because oh. I've got something to share. And oh. uh, it also gives you a, a big edge in, in Google ads. If you, uh, something I've been thinking a lot about, Chris, is New clients come to us all the time and they run businesses, they advertise their business, they, they've been in business for a long time, but it's taken them a long time to commit to starting a Google Ads campaign. And one thing I, I don't understand, and I think if you can do it a different way, it gives you a huge edge. So many people get so caught up on getting results in the first month or they've tried Google Ads literally 10 times with different agencies and they've always given it 30 days or 90 days. But why not give it 10 years like, and just do a small budget until you're comfortable and f you found kind of a niche in your industry on Google Ads where you know, whether it's remarketing or broad keywords or something, where you know you can get leads because you're not looking at too many sources where you can advertise it and get traffic and get leads and sales online. You've got a social media company out there and then you've got Google search and there's a few other things you can do like TikTok. Um, I heard about a, 
pathetic Google Ads manager this week that he did so poorly on Google Ads that his client, because they shared it with me, they literally told him, hey, guess you couldn't get it done on search, the easiest form of marketing ever. They're literally going to try advertising on TikTok. And so I had to pour salt in the wounds of that manager. I <laughs> don't know what they're doing over there. But um, there's other places you can go. But if you're running a small local business or a medium-sized B2B business across the country, like you got the social media company and you've got Google ads and you see your competitors running. So why not have the patience and work with a small budget and just run over the long run and, and try to figure it out? Because obviously it's where the people are and uh, patience can yeah. pay off. So Chris. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well, I've, I've already stated my, my piece about my plug. Chris Schaefer. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I, I offer live, uh, videos as well as live hangouts. You can see me in person. Um, and, and if you're a patron, you get to, we do monthly hangouts. So join me there. Ask me, a, ask me a question um, and enjoy some amazing Google ads uh, coaching for a very affordable monthly price through Patreon. Hey, Chris, you took two, uh, two plugs in the show. So I'll, do I'll it. take the liberty here of Go a couple it. plugs. Uh, one, if you are looking for Google ads management, Again, I am the world's worst negotiator, so call me. I'll tell you my feeds and then give me some sob story, and I guarantee you I will lower your fee. Wow. So I'm available for that. Pitch. I am the world's worst negotiator. That's Chris. a good pitch. I like I'm that. so bad that the other day, uh, and they're probably listening, a, a new client called, and uh, they said, hey, we have a small budget. We want to just, is there anything you can do on your fee? I started doing things on the fee, on the call. <sighs> they stopped me, and they told me, hey, hey, listen. We still want to make sure we're paying you enough where we give you enough time to work on it and we get the best results we can. So I'm going to stop you from lowering your fee on our call. <laughs> Think about it, Jason. Think about it. And and just email me what you want to do. Oh, that's World's great. worst negotiator. Yeah. Wow. But I might be one of the world's best investors. Uh, so I want to uh, encourage our audience, if anybody's into investing along with marketing, uh, I also have an investing YouTube channel called After Dinner Investor. Search for it on YouTube rounding the corner on 500 subscribers at some point we're going to get to a thousand nice. and uh i'm doing a lot of things there so if you're into investing uh check me out on youtube after dinner investor okay all right well jason it's been fun thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week